sort of remix, especially Bob Marley side of stuff recently in the charts. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. I mean, with envy, or you no, 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 not at all. No, no, no. I mean, no, no, it's absolutely fine. I mean, you know, if you feel lucky enough to get to get licensed and uh, yeah. to be able to put put these things out officially, then fantastic. Well, I'm sure. With the amount of listeners and, and whatnot that you've got on your side, I'm sure something will crop up soon that yeah, will make, make your day, that's for sure. sure. It's, just, it's just a standard progression of things, I think. Um, so, how long have you been doing these bootlegs for? Uh, the bootlegs, probably only, only a few years, probably only about maybe five years something like that maybe even less yeah. um, but I've always uh, you know I've, I've been producing for a lot longer and I've, I've always uh, made my own tracks to play out um, but this was uh, a kind of conscious decision to actually make stuff to, to put out there for other people yeah yeah um, and in terms of the the style mm. of these bootlegs is there a constant style I mean from what we've heard there's definitely a sort of definite house element in there but yeah. How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it, they tend to be between 118 and 130 BPM, so it's uh, yeah within the realms of house. Um, I, I just uh, in terms of, of the structure, it's definitely a house structure with a with a you know drop and build up and breakdown. Um, but it's it's kind of all about taking these classic tunes that everyone knows and. Uh, not generally I don't add any of my own sounds or you know other than drums it's about using the original stems mm -hmm. the original multi tracks yeah. and uh, putting them together in in, in a more uh, modern current way that um, is more dance floor friendly and uh, uh, easy to mix with so that's the style of your productions mm -hmm. um, when you're DJing how would you describe your style um, well, I think what, whereas uh, the bootlegs that I make are, are fairly standardised, um, when I DJ it's much, much more eclectic. Um, I, I play all sorts of genres. Uh, I think I'd, if I had to sum it up, I'd say it's party music. You know, it's yeah. just trying to recreate uh, wherever I am. I try and try and create a party. You know, um, just just get that intimate party vibe. Uh, where everyone's everyone's having fun and uh, it's uh, it's just a good time. So that basically answers the question as well, which is you know will will you accept open format gigs? And evidently yes, because you want to play everything for everyone. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a real. Um, it's a real weapon in, in the DJ's arsenal to be able to, I call it shift gears, where you, yeah. you change from uh, drastically from one BPM to another. And it is, it's a tricky thing to do uh, smoothly. I'm, I'm a big advocate of, of doing these things smoothly. Uh, you know, I know some DJs just sort of drop, drop something in, but uh, I like to make sure that my transitions are, are, are nice and easy for the uh, crowd to, to come along with, to carry them along with. Um, but Switching from, from one style to another is um, it, it can have such a huge impact on the dance floor if you do it right. You know. Yeah, definitely, and I think the smoother it is, the less people really notice the transition. And yeah. Before they're like, oh, okay, well, that obviously yeah. fits with that. I mean, it's, it's the balance between it being jarring and uh, a nice surprise. Let's say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, You've talked about your production work and so forth, um, and obviously your DJing. What's 
what's the sort of story behind how you got to that point in yeah. terms of production and DJing? What did um, it all emanate from? Yeah, well, I mean, I was uh, I was always musical. I, I uh, started playing the piano when I was about seven and uh, went on to clarinet and it wasn't really until I found bass guitar when I was uh, about 11 that um, I really uh, was able to move away from classical and jazz and uh, towards the sort of music I was listening to which was um, again very eclectic, uh, reggae, funk uh, was a big thing for me um, and uh, I did the whole band thing. Yeah. I was in a lot of bands um, when I was a kid. I was at, I was at a very a school which is very renowned for for music. I had uh, uh, Miss Dynamite was in the year oh, below wow. me, and uh, <laughs> um, all sorts of other mad, you know, members of Madness went there, and Eddie yeah. Grant, and uh, um, other DJs as well. Heatwave, uh, who were uh, big ragged DJs, they were in my uh, in my class. Uh, Johnny Burrell from Razor Light, he was at my school, so yeah, it goes on and on. <laughs> Excellent, so there's, there's a sort of natural transition almost there from the, you know, being in that, in that school to being in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's in Camden, northwest London, which is where I grew up, and uh, really being in that environment, especially in, at that time, which was the early to mid-90s, uh, it, was, it was very hard to, to not be involved in music, mm. you know, it was, it was really the centre of things in terms of indie, obviously, with, with uh, the whole Oasis, you know, pop sort of thing um, but then also dance music you know um, garage and, and jungle um, it was a lot of you know venues there Camden Palace and King's Cross just down the road with Bagley's uh, and a lot of record shops and um, I just started spending spending more and more of my lunch hours uh, in record shops and uh, I'll be the one who you know the kid who sort of came came back into class with with a handful of records and yeah. people like what are you doing like, you know, it was it was before DJing was cool there was a time when that you yeah. know and, and people uh, thought it was it was uh, really silly and <laughs> a bit geeky to yeah. be going going and buying records on your lunch break um, I showed them <laughs> <laughs> so have you still got a huge back catalogue of vinyl now yeah I've got about 8,000 records oh, wow. um, okay. and uh, a lot of them uh, I'm very very sort of pleased that that uh, you know I picked a lot of them up very very cheap at the time you know I remember going to the record shop and there would be they wouldn't even have a garage or jungle section they would just throw them all in the bargain bin <laughs> so it was one pound per record and these, yeah. are, these are records which are now worth 50 60 70 100 pounds a piece yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. excellent well I mean on the subject of vinyl what do you think of the sort of comeback in inverted commas of, of vinyl and yeah, I mean, um, it's, uh, I don't know, I could, honestly, I could sit here and talk all day about it, but um, I think that the, the difference in sound quality between vinyl and, and MP3 is, is huge in that um, vinyl's got a, it's got a muddier top end, but it's got a much warmer bass, and, um, you know, I've been out and uh, seen a DJ play, you know, on a, on a massive system playing MP3s, and then the next DJ's come on and played vinyl, and it's just opened up the speakers, and, and uh, people can tell something's different, but they don't really know why. Yeah. Um, having said that, um, when I used to DJ, you know, I'd be lugging around four massive record bags full of, full of vinyl, and uh, yeah, that wasn't much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can all relate to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Broken backs and so forth. Yeah. Um, so that's your sort of stance on vinyl at the moment. Mm. Do you think there's a sort of almost a fad element to how it's been, you know, 
put around the press and so forth in terms of you've got these certain people who go out and buy records and might not even have a record player for example <laughs> they're just like oh well I have to buy records because the press have told me it's the sure, thing to do sure. well I mean if you look at the if you look at the uh, you know everyone's saying that record sales are rising but if you look at the actual what what is selling it's all the, the classic old albums you yeah. know um, from the 70s and um, 60s and 80s and um, what that kind of suggests is that a lot of it is people who used to, used to have vinyl collections and got rid of them and uh, now in their middle age they've got their man cave and uh, <laughs> they've, they've gone out and rebought all their old vinyls so it's, it, even though it is a bit of a renaissance I, I, it's, no, it's nowhere near how it used to be I mean it used to be you know go to a record shop and there'd be every week there'd be 50, 60, 70 new releases yeah. just, just within, say, Garage or Jungle and uh, you'd go through all the white labels and um, it, would, it was exciting, hugely exciting and it, it's a completely different process to it to, to now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people really don't appreciate now that if you heard a tune on the radio, on Pirate Radio, you know, it's not like they would tell you what the name of the tune yeah. was, you know. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to somehow find a way of, not, of finding out what that tune was and uh, going and searching for it and, uh, or, or even going through second-hand record shops and, and you know, um, trying to find it there and, and that whole process has been lost and it, it was a, a really tough process yeah. but when you found something it was, uh, it was really uh, you know, definitely, worth it. <laughs> so it's a sort of more of a, a rarity concept I think isn't it in terms Absolutely, of you know, yeah. just trying to find that thing because no one else has got it and yeah. it's Sounds amazing, and I want to be the one with that sound. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But but also, you know, even if you weren't a DJ, if you wanted to just hear this song again, yeah. you'd have to go out and buy the record because yeah. there was no other way of hearing it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, staying back in the past, hmm. um, can you um, tell us about your first ever gig? What happened? And if you remember? That? Yeah, I probably I probably can't remember specifically the actual first gig but, but the first gig which really had an impact on me was um, when I was probably about 17 and uh, someone at my school had a, had a birthday party and, and uh, he had a bit of money behind him which was fortunate and he hired um, Ray Keith who was a big jungle DJ oh, and, okay. um, and MC GQ who was a big big jungle MC who's still going and he put on this party in Camden and uh, so I was I was the other DJ. So I was it was me and then Ray Keith and uh, and I had MCGQ uh, MCing over me and uh, to do a set like that and then to sort of finish it and have both GQ and Ray Keith go yeah that was that was a really good set uh, <laughs> that kind of made me think yeah okay this is uh, this is something I could do. Excellent. Well, hopefully one of our future podcasts will have Ray Keith and uh, yeah, we yeah. can uh, refer back to you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Excellent. And in terms of gigs, how far have you travelled? I mean, what's what's the furthest location you've travelled for a gig? I mean, to be honest, uh, most of it I've I've done uh, in in London or, or the UK. Um, mm -hmm. I've done a few festivals in, in the sort of outskirts, but um, yeah, I'm, uh, I've I've been more focused on building up a, a reputation within uh, sort of clubs and bars here yeah. um, rather than uh, jetting off abroad and, and uh, <laughs> doing the one-off gigs. Yeah, no, fair enough. And your current, what are your current residencies? The, uh... So at the moment, uh, the main one is Barrio, uh, the Barrio Group. They've got four venues, mm -hmm. north, south, east, west. And uh, it keeps me very busy. I DJ for them three nights a week, Excellent. and uh, it's it's just fantastic because it's uh, it's a really good vibe. They're they're Latin themed, but um, very much open format. Yeah. 
Um, probably about 20% of the stuff I play there is Latin, everything else is, is just a wide range of stuff. Um, and again, it's just it's a party every night, mm -hmm. which is uh, you know it's, it's always a really good crowd and always busy. And uh, and, and the fact that there are four different venues, it never gets boring because I'm I'm rotating between them. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. It's a very it's a it's a great residency to mm, have. Definitely. What what's the average number of Jet Boot Jack tracks that you play in, in a set there? Uh, I, I mean, the, the actual tracks which I, which I put out on my SoundCloud, um, it's probably, you know, half a dozen of them that I'll play or something, okay. but um, the majority of the stuff I play is something that I've tweaked, edited, remixed in, yeah. in some way uh, yeah. myself. Uh, and do you get um, quite a lot of people coming up and asking, where yeah. do I get hold of this? Yeah. yeah, generally a couple of times a night, I'll someone okay. come up and say, what's this track or what remix is this and I just have to say well I made it myself because yeah. Shazam isn't working yeah 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 that tends to be it. yeah you see people with their uh, with their phones up for the speakers and I'm looking at them like yeah it's not going to work <laughs> excellent um, so we know part of the answer to this but what was your first ever music purchase and what format was it? And I'm, I'm assuming it's vinyl, but um, it could have been a cassette, I guess. Actually, yeah, actually cassette. And uh, again, I'm not too sure if this was my absolute first thing I bought, but it was the first thing which, which really shaped what, what, what I'm doing now from, from when I was very young. Um, when I was 10 years old, uh, I went out and bought uh, a, a, a tape which is called Megabase, which was something which... Uh, there, there were three volumes of them in 1990 and 1991 and uh, it's something that, that was around at the time but no one, I don't know, it was kind of a short-lived thing but they were, they were called Mega Mixes yeah. and it was, it was about 60-70 tracks all squashed together, mixed together um, it, you know, on a, on a tape so it couldn't have been more than 90 minutes yeah. um, and it, it really was so formative on me um, they, they, they weren't even it's not even like they were, they were mixed in the way that DJs would mix tracks they were, were mashups you know but, but a continuous mashup so a 40 minute mashup of 30 40 tunes um, and these were fairly underground tunes you know there were a couple of commercial things in there but it was mostly pretty underground house Chicago house Detroit house um, bit of hardcore bit of old um, 90s soul um, and, and hip hop and uh, and I was 10 years old. And, um, That's impressive. And I, I just, it, it really, really just changed my whole, you know, a lot, a lot of the influence uh, that I had in, in terms of my musical taste came from my uh, elder brothers and sisters, mm. um, which was all the reggae and, and uh, indie and, and, all, and funk and everything. But this was the first thing where I'd actually found something myself, which was, was my own thing. Yeah. And uh, I remember on the last day of school, last day of primary school, so I must have been 11, and uh, everyone was bringing in their, you know, you could bring in your own music for the last day of school, everyone was bringing in Bad by Michael Jackson yeah. and, Michael, and uh, Madonna, and I bought in this tape of uh, <laughs> banging underground Detroit house. But, yeah. <laughs> so how do you, it, as it was a sort of mashup of sorts, way back when, mm. how do you think the production... They must have had the original tapes, um, okay. and... Uh, actually got you know gone in the studio and it must have taken them forever you know it must have been tape editing you know not digital editing you know so splicing and uh, well, original uh, having the while, yeah so. having the original multi tracks and it was done so so well and and I then went out and bought them again on vinyl and, I'm, and I've actually got them on CD as well um, and listening to them now they they're amazing they're amazing pieces of work and and completely formed 
uh, my style of DJing yeah. and production. Excellent. Um, at this stage, does your music career fund your life, or do you have anything else on the side to sure. well, side businesses? Yeah. Or well, as I say, I DJ three nights a week, and that's um, that's a nice. It's it's a regular salary, you know. Yeah. It's uh, as I say, it's, it's a very fortunate position to be in. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I've got two other jobs. One is as a, a screenwriter and director. Oh, really? um, okay. I've made uh, several films, which have won some awards, done very well on festival circuits, and got distribution and broadcast deals. Uh, I've also had uh, a bunch of scripts optioned. So uh, that's a that's a big part of my life. Um, and then any, also, any films we we should sort of take note of? Um, nothing. That, that it's mostly on the film festival circuit. Yeah. Um, but the scripts I've had optioned have been with uh, with uh, people who've worked on things that that you would know. So okay. yeah, I've, I've had a script option by the the guy who produced um, Birds of a Feather and Lovejoy and okay. all that sort of stuff. So um, so I'm kind of in that circle. I'm not quite. Uh, at that level yet, but um, I'm making inroads, and yeah. I've got a great agent as well. Who's, uh, who, funnily enough, used to used to work in music management and has managed everyone from David Bowie to Fleetwood Mac Excellent. to Joe Cocker. So yeah. he's fantastic. And then my other job I do as well is I do freelance work um, as a uh, in broadcast ops for uh, TV networks. So for people like Discovery and Sky and A and E, and it's just behind the scenes ensuring that all the TV programs go to air as they're supposed to. Lots of talents there in your day, <laughs> daily life. See. Um, excellent. So at this stage, we're literally going to go through a list of quite random questions, okay. which you may or may not may or may, or may not know already. I'm okay. not entirely sure. Um, so starting out with the craziest, on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? Uh, well, I don't know. I think that I think that the question kind of infers that. That there's a, there's some sort of normality, and to be honest, I think every I've, I've never met a normal person. You know, I think everyone's everyone's pretty weird. So, so give us a number. Oh, I think everybody's a five. Let's say. Okay. <laughs> everyone's everyone's weird in their own way. Very that's why that's why humans are so interesting. Um, what is your spiritual practice? I'm assuming music, but yeah, I mean, I I, I really you know as it's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. I've I've, I've never had a time in my life when I didn't go raving. Um, it's it's hugely important to me. You know? mm -hmm. It's it's something that I need to do for my for my uh, spiritual health yeah. every every now and then, preferably with, with a good group of friends. And uh, and I think you know as as a DJ as well, I think it's very important to go out and hear what other people are, are playing. Yeah, very true. Um, and, uh, and and even sort of just throwing the old house party and, and having your mates around and and uh, just connecting with with the whole thing of, of why you're doing it. You mm -hmm. know that it, that it's it's all about. Uh, giving people enjoyment, you know. I think people tend to forget that it's it's the leisure industry, which means it's an industry, but it's also about leisure. <laughs> Very true. Um, what would you do in the event of a zombie apocalypse? Uh, I know, festival, maybe Zomfest twenty eighteen. <laughs> uh, they don't sleep, do they? Zombies. So it'd be a great, great crowd. Could uh, you know keep going and going. No, their dancing might be not, not too energetic somehow. But yeah, probably look like every other festival by, yeah. uh, by five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh. Um, tell us about something you're really not very good at. Uh, so I went on a stag do last year and did um, go-karting 
and uh, I was really, really bad. I was really, <laughs> really bad. And they, the organisers kept stopping me and saying I was being too aggressive and uh, reckless. And I was like, I'm, I'm doing my best. I honestly am. I wasn't doing it on purpose, but I was, I was very bad. Yeah. Does that apply to your normal driving as well? Uh, I don't drive. That might have been, that might have been uh, okay, the, the key okay, to it. Yeah. Could be the missing <laughs> um, Talk us through your morning routine. If there so, is. yeah, well, I mean, every day is different for me. Um, it, it will be, uh, I'll, I'll know if today is going to be a music day, in which case I'll, I'll be just sitting down and remixing. Uh, or if it's a freelance day where I'll be out in, uh, in the offices of Discovery or, or whatever channel it is. Or if it's a writing day, where I'll just be sitting down and writing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really nice to have that, that uh, variation and uh, nothing ever gets boring. So yeah, it's just cool. Excellent. Um, tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. I, I don't like cake. And it, it becomes an issue because every, every birthday, every time there's an event, something, have some cake. And I don't like, you don't like cake? How can you not like cake? And I also don't, don't drink tea or coffee. And, and that's another, you know, you go anywhere. Oh, do you want a tea or coffee? No, I don't drink tea. You don't drink tea or coffee? Oh, like, and, uh, oh, well, yeah. oh, fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, li li living in the UK, you know, it's... Uh, not drinking tea or coffee and not eating cake is like <laughs> just uh, yeah. It's cardinal sin. Yeah. <laughs> um, on on the food subject, what's your ideal sandwich? Uh, so again, a, another reason why I'm really lucky at Barrio is that they do amazing food, yes. and uh, I get a, a bar tab every night, which uh, very generous, which I can use on either drink or food, and I, I'll have a couple of drinks, but I'm not a big one for for getting drunk when I'm, when I DJ. Um, so I, I tend to, to buy a bunch of food, um, take it home with me, and after doing a seven-hour set at four in the morning, yeah, there's, there's nothing better than, uh, than, than having some lovely Mexican or Latin-inspired food, oh, yeah. which, uh, yeah, I sort of generally... Taste the kebab, anyway. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just throw it in a wrap and put it in the grill, and, yeah, it's great. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so finally, what song or track would you choose for the end of the world party and why? Well, um, I, I know a lot of DJs like to sort of chill things out towards the end of the night and occasionally I'll do that, but generally I like to, to just build and build and build and build and then go out on a big, big bang and uh, uh, a, a big track I like to use at the end of the night is uh, James Brown, I Feel Good. Um, but obviously, like everything else I, I play, it has to be something slightly different. So I play like a live version of it, a, a live recording, um, which I then sort of chuck a bunch of effects on and stuff. And um, yeah, it's one of those tunes where I don't think anyone, I don't think it's ever come on and anyone's gone, yeah, I don't really like this song. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't think I'm going to dance this one. It's just one of those ones that everyone loves, especially in the night. And uh, I think End of the World, yeah, the way it ends would be, would be great, you know. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, and I'm dead. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, thanks for coming, Dan. Thank you. Mr. Jet Boot Jack. Thank you very um, much. It's been great having you here. Yeah. And um, we are basically, you know, at the end of each of these interviews, we've got the DJ mix, and yours is going to be played straight after this. Fantastic. Um, um, so, yeah, everyone can have a listen to that, and hopefully there'll be a track list with it, including James Brown, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, thank you for coming down, and um, we'll see you soon. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Take care. Storm DJ's live mixes.
seated in Mount Zion It rules all creation Yeah, we're, we're jamming I wanna jam it with you We're jamming And jam them up, you're jamming too Jay's podcast. 